Hey everybody, welcome back to Church Online and part two of a series that we kicked off last week called NUMA, all about the Holy Spirit. More on that in a moment, but first I just wanna say a huge hello to every single one of you who are watching. My name is Jake, my beautiful wife Nicole and I, we lead C3 Los Angeles, fantastic church right here uh, in the LA area. And it's just so awesome to be able to connect every single week uh, for Church Online to come around the Word of God together. And uh, hey, I wanna let you know that uh, we're continuing this series, not just here on Sundays for Church Online, but we're actually uh, creating a bunch of supporting content as well that's gonna be going live on our Instagram account. Would love to invite you to follow our account at C3 Los Angeles on Instagram. Gonna be doing a few live interviews on IG Live, talking about the Holy Spirit. I know that we all have lots of questions about uh, the Holy Spirit. And so I'm just so looking forward to um, talking more about Him. Truthfully, I'm having the time of my life uh, preparing these messages every single week. The Holy Spirit uh, is probably my favorite subject to talk about um, from a theological standpoint. And I'm looking forward to talking more about Him uh, throughout the week on Instagram as well. Let's dive in to today's message. Would love for you to turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke chapter 11 and verse nine, Jesus speaking here says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Gotta love the examples of Jesus, culturally fitting for his time. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? One more passage over in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. This is the apostle Paul writing to uh, one of his uh, young protégés. And he says uh, here in verse six, excuse me, uh, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit that is the Holy Spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. I wanna to speak to you today as we continue this series on the Holy Spirit uh, around the subject, the gift of God, the gift of God. Now I should say that before we dive into this message, if you missed last week's message, I wanna encourage you when we're done with this, go back and watch that as it just lays a great foundation for uh, this series. Now I wanna to begin today by just addressing the fact that every single one of us right now has at least one thing in common that has nothing to do with coronavirus or with quarantine. And that thing is that we all have our own perception of God. We all have a perception of Him. Perhaps your perception of God is that He's good and loving. Maybe that's what you would say outwardly, but inwardly your perception is actually that God is cruel and unfair. Maybe your perception of God is that God does not exist. I don't know what your perception is, but what I do know is that amidst all of our perceptions, there is a voice that cuts through the noise to tell us who God is. And that voice is God's own voice. All throughout God's word, he tells us and shows us who he is. Most 
clearly in Jesus, whom the scriptures say is the word of God made flesh. In other words, Jesus is God's perfect revelation of himself to humanity. Now, Jesus reveals God to us as many things, but there's one thing that I want to focus in on particular today, and that's that God is the giver of very good gifts. In fact, God is the very best giver of good gifts. The book of James chapter one and verse 17 says that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. What's that mean? Essentially, God is the benefactor behind every single good gift we receive and that never changes. That brings us right into the heart of what Jesus says here in Luke chapter 11, the passage we read a moment ago. When talking about coming to God with our needs and our desires, otherwise known as prayer, Jesus teaches us to ask, seek, and knock, which is a picture of our persistence in prayer. And then as if he's anticipating our concern about whether or not our persistence will pay off, Jesus goes on to give us three different examples of how earthly fathers give good gifts to their children when their children ask for them. Therefore, how much more will our heavenly father do the same? If we ask, God will give, it's who he is. Jesus is teaching us that God gives to us on the basis of who he is as a giver, not on the basis of who we are as the ones who ask. It's not dependent upon our perfection, it's dependent upon God's love. If earthly fathers who are evil compared to God know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more will your heavenly father give good things or good gifts to those who ask him. That's how Matthew, another disciple of Jesus's, worded this same teaching of Jesus in his own gospel account in Matthew 7. How much more will your heavenly father give good things to those who ask him? And I think the way Matthew words it actually brings even greater depth and dimension to the way Luke chooses to word this teaching of Jesus, which I'll talk more about in just a second. But first I just want us to take a moment and collectively recognize that since God is the giver of every good and perfect gift, infinitely greater than any giver of gifts among people, and he gives to those who ask of him, then we should probably take just a little bit of time every single day to ask God for what he has to give us. Like, have you taken time even today to ask God? Why don't you just do it right now? Just say, God, May I have the good gifts that you have for me? Or even better, say, God, can I have the very best gift that you have for me? That's exactly what Luke wants you to do. Uh, that's why he records the words of Jesus in this teaching um, a little bit differently to Matthew. He summarizes the good things that Matthew talks about with the very best of those good things, which is the gift of the Holy Spirit. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, I have to admit with just a little bit of shame that I used to read these words of Luke and think to myself how I actually preferred the way Matthew worded this teaching. Because the way Matthew words it makes me feel like I have the liberty to ask God for what I most want instead of asking him for what he most wants to give. 
But to think that way is to completely miss who the Holy Spirit is and why God the Father and God the Son so eagerly desire to give him to us. The Holy Spirit is the very best gift of God because to receive the Holy Spirit is to receive the giver himself and by inclusion, every gift that he can give. Let me say it this way. The very best gift of God is the gift of God. God himself coming to reside within you and to rest upon you. I wonder if we realize how supremely good of a gift the Holy Spirit is to you and I. That's what Luke wants us to know because that's what Jesus wants us to know. The Jesus, like the one who gave you the gift of his life and death and resurrection, wants you to know that he did all that, not so you could simply go to heaven when you die, but so that the one who fills heaven could come and fill you. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus living in and overflowing from you. In John chapter four, Jesus meets this woman at a well and he asks her for a drink. And then he says to her in verse 10, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. If you knew the gift of God, that gift of God, that living water is the gift of the Holy Spirit. If we only knew the gift of the Holy Spirit that God wants to give to us. A few chapters later in John chapter seven, verses 37 through 39, Jesus stands up and he addresses this big crowd of people who are in Jerusalem. They've gathered there for one of the Jewish annual festivals. And he said this, come to me, anyone who thirsts, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Then the scripture goes on to say that this Jesus spoke concerning the spirit whom those who believed him believed in him would receive for the spirit had not yet been given for Jesus was not yet glorified so this gift of living water is the holy spirit given to you and I who becomes a fountain on the inside of us the holy spirit becomes a river who flows out from our own hearts i'm telling you that the holy spirit of god is the culmination, the very crescendo of God's plan for our lives on this side of eternity. And I don't say that lightly. God's plan for us fulfilled is often described in the scriptures as God dwelling with his people and his people dwelling with him. From Exodus to Revelation, we see it worded almost verbatim that way. And truthfully, we can't fathom what that's gonna be like. One day we will experience that reality completely unencumbered by anything. And we can't quite imagine that, but we can glimpse it because that promise of God with us and us with him, that's what the reception of the Holy Spirit is all about. It's God coming to dwell with you and you dwelling with God. It's very real. It's not a concept. It's not an idea. It's the personal presence of God in your life. That's who the Holy Spirit is is. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 14 that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. 
What does that mean? Well, first of all, that word guarantee, it literally translates down payment. It's the picture of when you go to buy something costly, oftentimes you'll have to um, put, put money into what's called an earnest money deposit to show that you are serious about completing the transaction while you go through the process. In the same way God bought, he purchased you and I by laying down his own life on the cross. And he gives us the gift of his Holy Spirit to show that he is serious about completing that redemptive transaction, that plan of redemption. The Holy Spirit is our eternal inheritance given to us at least in part right here, right now. The book of Hebrews chapter six and verse five describes the Holy Spirit as the powers of the age to come. In other words, he's the eternal power and glory of God given to you and I right now in this present moment. Unlike an earnest money deposit though, which you only pay into one time, the Father continues to supply us with more and more of his Holy Spirit. Remember, he's not a lake, he's a river. He never stops flowing. In fact, Jesus said in John chapter 15 and verse 26 that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father, present tense. He is the continual procession, the continual outpouring from the Father for all those who ask for Him. One writer said uh, over a hundred years ago that there is a river of life open to all, but you may die of thirst on its banks if you do not kneel. The humility of asking is the wisdom of simply kneeling to drink from the river of the Holy Spirit who is readily available for every single one of us. It's just about valuing the Holy Spirit as the supremely good gift, the very best gift from the best giver of gifts, which means that we've got to do a constant check on our thoughts and on our emotions because our thoughts and emotions, they lead us to desire lesser things. So we need to be reminded to seek after the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is why we read that scripture in 2 Timothy where Paul writes to Timothy and he says in, in verse six, I remind you to stir up the gift of God that is in you. Other translations say, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Because another analogy for the Holy Spirit in the scriptures is that he's a fire who burns on the inside of us, a fire that we can actually fan into a greater and greater blaze. Now, Paul was speaking that instruction uh, to Timothy in a similar emotional context that many of us uh, might find ourselves in right now. Timothy uh, was dealing with intimidation and fear, self-doubt, uncertainty about his future, all things that would distract any normal person from seeking after the gift of the Holy Spirit. And yet Paul says, I remind you, Timothy, stir up, fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. And if Timothy had a similar theology to what a lot of Christians have today, he would have said back to Paul, but I already have the Holy Spirit. And that's the paradox of the Spirit of God is that he lives on the inside of every believer in the resurrected Jesus. And yet we are still instructed to seek after more of him. That much is an indisputable truth. The only question is, will we pursue the Holy Spirit? Will we seek after him as one who holds that much value in our lives? I wanna conclude today with, with this thought. And it's that some of you might be wondering, what about Jesus? 
I thought Jesus was the very best gift of God given to us. You almost don't feel a sense of permission about focusing your attention on receiving the Holy Spirit. And I would just say to you that you're right. Jesus is the very best gift of God given to us because Jesus is God who came to us. And that's just it. Jesus, the man, was the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit with skin and bone so that he could accomplish what was necessary for our salvation. The result of that salvation is that the same Spirit who filled Jesus would now fill you and me. When we get filled with the Holy Spirit, when we seek after the Holy Spirit, that doesn't lead us away from Jesus or beyond Jesus in any way. In fact, the Holy Spirit constantly points you and I back to Christ. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said, is gonna remind you of all that I've said. He's gonna remind you of, of how Jesus lived his life so that we could live the way Jesus lived in the earth. So to pursue the Holy Spirit is not to move beyond Jesus. It's actually the only way to live a life that honors and glorifies Jesus. It's the only way to carry on the mission which Jesus began in the earth and now presides over as Lord. Imagine if believers all around the planet asked to receive the Holy Spirit the way that Jesus instructed us to ask, the world would be deeply impacted, deeply changed. This is why Jesus said in John chapter 16 and verse seven, it's to your advantage that I go. For if I do not go, the helper, the Holy Spirit cannot come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, how could it be advantageous that Jesus go and the Holy Spirit come? Well, it may not have felt advantageous to the original disciples, but I tell you, it was very advantageous to the rest of the world. Because as long as Jesus was here in the flesh, the Holy Spirit was just living in one person, never leaving one region of the world. But when Jesus ascended back into heaven and was glorified at the right hand of the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of all those who believe in him so that now the Holy Spirit would not just be in one, but in many. Again, that's why Jesus said in John 14 and verse 12, most assuredly I say to you that he who believes in me will do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. How is it possible that we would do greater works than Jesus? How can you get greater than resurrection? Well. It's not necessarily about greater works in depth, but it is about greater works in breadth. Because again, the Holy Spirit who was in one would now through the body of Christ, the church of Jesus, the Holy Spirit would now span the globe. The most precious gift of God given to those who ask, seek and knock persistently and find that God does give the Holy Spirit to those who do. I'm praying that through this series, as we just dive into the truth of the Holy Spirit, that every single one of us would find our thinking start to get reoriented and some of our thoughts that are wrong about the Holy Spirit would be put aside forever, that we would cling to the truth and that truth would lead us into relationship, dynamic relationship with the Spirit of the living God. He lives on the inside of you if you're a follower of Jesus. But He's not just there just so you can say He's there. He's there for you to have relationship with. It's the Spirit of Jesus. He loves you so much. 
He wants to lead you and guide you. He wants to work through you. One of my favorite teachers says the spirit is in you and he wants out. He wants to work through you to impact people and touch people's lives. I'm believing that through this series, we would all walk according to the power and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Right now, I just want to take a moment and just in accordance with uh, the, the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, just begin to pray for some of you. Just like Timothy was facing all those different thoughts and emotions that were distracting him from attending to the most important gift that he had, I'm aware of the fact that many of you might find yourself in that same circumstance. So much going on in all of our worlds right now that's pulling us away from just being attentive to the Holy Spirit in us. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's relational. Maybe it's your career. I don't know what your specific needs are, but I know that you have them. And I know that God cares about them. So Father, in Jesus' name, right now we lift up every single need that is represented in our church, represented in the people who are engaging in this, this meeting right now. In fact, if, if you're watching this live, I just want to encourage you, just type into the chat. Maybe if you'd be so bold, some of the needs that you're facing in your life right now. I would love for all of us just to join in prayer right now in this particular moment and be lifting one another up. We thank you, Father God, that you know every single need and you know every single desire. Father, you know the dreams that feel like they're on hold, on pause right now. You know the pain that people are experiencing. Father, you're aware of everything pertaining to the coronavirus around the world, God, and we thank you that, that you care, that your heart is the heart of a loving Father, that you're not distant, but God, you're so close to us in this moment. We know, Lord God, that when we walk through struggle and when we walk through a difficulty, Lord, it's an opportunity for us to press closer into your presence. And I'm praying right now that you would comfort the brokenhearted, that you would heal the brokenhearted, that you would supply, just as your word says, Lord, that you would supply seed to the sower. As we continue to live generously, God, that you would just supply heaven's provision into the lives of these people in Jesus' name, those who have lost jobs. I'm praying right now for miracles happening. Lord God, miracle provision, miracle opportunities. Even God, divinely inspired business ideas coming into people's minds right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you give us the power to create wealth, not just for ourselves, but for all those who are in our sphere, those that we can deeply impact and help. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you fill every single person who's watching this video right now, Lord God, that we would just be so open to receive the beautiful gift of your Holy Spirit, that we would recognize our daily need for more of you, Holy Spirit. Maybe you're watching this and you're attracted to the idea of being in a relationship with God. Maybe you feel something happening in your heart. Maybe it's actually intellectual for you and you can see how God has been working through your life to have relationship with you, but perhaps you've been, been distant and now you're realizing, I need to connect with God. Whatever part of you is, is feeling drawn to God right now, I would just encourage you, don't gloss over this moment. Don't let this moment pass you by so quickly. Engage with God right here, just this second. I mean, God, He's so close to you. He wants relationship with you. 
And I would encourage you so strongly to be responsive to, to the Lord. He loves you more than you could ever imagine or, or comprehend. And He's inviting you into relationship with Him right now in this very instant. He's not inviting you into some kind of religious program. He's not inviting you into some ambiguous spirituality. He's inviting you into a real relationship with Him. He's God of heaven and earth. He loves you so much. You're made in His image. You can't change that. He's placed eternity on the inside of your heart. You can't change that. That's why there's always that part of you that's desiring for something more than what anything in the world can give to you. Why don't you respond to His love and His grace right now and say yes to Jesus. Enter into a relationship with Him. I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. And I would love for you, if, if you're wanting to make that choice to follow Jesus, just to respond. Little button's going to come up. You can click. I raise my hand. If we were in person right now, I'd say, hey, if you want to follow Jesus, lift your hand and we'd all applaud you and celebrate you. But this is, this is just as good. It's just about acknowledging Jesus right where you are. You can do that in your home, in your apartment. Why don't you say this prayer with me? Say, Father in heaven, thank you for the gift of salvation, forgiveness, and your Holy Spirit. Jesus, I want to follow you and I invite you to be the Lord of my life. Amen. I thank you, Father, for every single person responding right now. Thank you, Lord, for the great work that you're doing on the inside of every single one of us. And Lord, our desire is for more of you. And we're praying that every other lesser desire, as necessary as some of those things might feel sometimes, would not get in the way of making you the greatest desire, the greatest pursuit of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.